Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. The Unveiled Christ, Part 11. The seven churches, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. The seven churches show a pattern of decline and degradation. From Ephesus, who lost their first love, down to Laodicea, who is totally apathetic. In the first three churches, it seems that the larger part is compromising and doing wrong, but a few were, were trying to be faithful. In churches four to six, the majority are with God. Laodicea is just pretentious and fake. Laodicea's evil seems to have reached breaking point. Good, it seems there is no good left in them. Laodicea does not care. Laodicea is just totally apathetic. In Revelation 1, in letters 1 through 7, we see an increase in the severity of the warnings to the churches. And this is because of the increase in the evils of the churches. But there is also something beautiful here. While there is a continual decline in the churches from, from number 1 down to 7, up to seven, there is a progressive increase in the promise of blessings for the repentant. As the churches get worse, the promises to the churches get better. The first church get the promise of the tree of life for the overcomer. The second church get the promise of the crown of life and that they will not be touched by the second death. The third church are promised the hidden manna, white stone, new name. The fourth church are given authority over the nations to rule with, with an iron scepter to, to, to dash them into pieces and they are promised the morning star. The fifth church are promised to walk with Jesus and to, dress, to be dressed in white. Their names will not be blotted out of the book of life. They will be acknowledged by the Father and acknowledged before the angels. The sixth church are promised to be kept from the hour of trial. They, are they will be pillars in the temple and they will never leave it. And the name of God will be written on them. The name of the city of God, not the name of God's new name. When we check it out, there are a total of 21 promises given to the first six churches. But Laodicea, the seventh church, gets only one promise. The seventh church, Laodicea, gets, gets the promise that includes all the other 21 promises from the other six churches. They are promised that they will be, seat, they will be seated, overcomer, will be seated on the throne with Jesus. And truly, if you are seated on the throne with Jesus, it means that everything is yours. So while there is a progressive decline in the in the morality of the churches, there's there's a progressive there's a progressive um, there's also progressive. We also see a pro progress in the promises being made to the different churches in Revelation chapter two and chapter three. People are divided about how the seven churches should be understood. Some hold to the preterist view thinking that everything has been fulfilled in and around the first century. 
some to the futurist some hold to the futurist school of thought that that fulfillment will be in the distant future just before the end others believe the historicist view is a right perspective that prophecy is fulfilling during the course of history and others prefer the idealist viewpoint that that they, that this book that these messages contain timeless truths that are that find relevance in every age which view is the correct one should the seven churches be read in a preterist way are the messages that were given to a particular time and place indeed yes revelation is a message to a particular place to to, to go to a particular places and given at a particular time and these letters are messages to the original churches of Asia Minor. And we should seek to understand what God is saying to them. Are the messages idealist in form? Are these timeless truths? Yes, they are. The text says, let everyone who hears listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. They were written for then and, and, and for then and there, and they do contain timeless truth. Because there's something in them even for us today. Should the letters be, be looked at through the lens of the historicist? The seven, the seven churches are also understood to give a, a historical panorama of events from John's day until the second coming of Jesus Christ. But that's not the primary intention of the, of the seven letters. Revelation 1 verse 19 shows us that John would be shown things that are, that is, things that were happening in his day and things that will happen later. When we get to Revelation 4 verse 1, John sees a door open in heaven and, and he's told to come up and he'll be shown things that will take place after this. It therefore means that chapters 1 to 3 represent the things which are, the things that were happening in John's day from, and from chapter 4 onward we'll be seeing things that are future to John's time. The major emphasis from John's perspective, the messages to the seven churches are primarily for the Christian Christians living during John's time, but they also have implication for everyone. So we cannot rule out historical application at all. There were more than seven churches in Asia, during the time of John, in Asia Minor, that is. The number seven is very important and symbolic. It represents all the churches in Asia Minor and all the churches in history. They serve as representatives of all other churches throughout the course of history. Historian Philip Schaff, he outlines the, the history in seven historical the history of the church in seven historical periods. The first one is the apostolic period. The second, the persecution and trouble for the church. The third, the union with the state, compromise of the church's principles. The fourth, the medieval period, the dark ages. And the fifth, reformation. The sixth, Protestant orthodoxy. And seventh, period of infidelity and worldwide mission. So one can surely see that God had a bigger purpose for these messages than just to be speaking to the seven churches of John's day. Maybe God was really representing the history of the church through these seven churches of Asia Minor.
One other hint that suggests that perhaps we're really dealing with a historicist reading is when we look at Revelation 3, 17 and 18, Laodicea, the last period. Laodicea is the last period of the church history. And this is a fearful message to Laodicea. This message is parallel also to Revelation 16, verse 15. A call to God's people who are in the middle of the battle of Armageddon. God addresses the church in the latter part of earth's history in the same manner he addresses Laodicea. Revelation 16 verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. This is a warning to God's last day people. And it, and it uses the same combination of words, clothing, nakedness, and shame. The author of Revelation uses the language of Laodicea to give a warning to the people in the last, in the last days of the church history. So maybe there really is a historical period, a historical reading to the when we look at the sequence of these churches from Ephesus to Laodicea. Oh God, thank you for all the precious promises found in these messages to the seven churches. And it is so good to see that even when your people are declining in their moral standing, your love for them never stops. You continue to reach out with cause of love and genuine concern and desire to save the erring. May your call to us never go unheeded. Help us to respond to you in true humility and faith. Please, give us true repentance and help us to overcome. May the overcomer's reward be our ultimate reality. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.